Hello, 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 drama listeners. It is me, Dylan, here with a quick message before we get on to this phenomenal episode with the wonderful Patty Murin. First of all, happy holidays. I hope that everybody had a wonderful, safe, cozy, and maybe even relaxing holiday. Although the holidays are never really as relaxing as we hope they're going to be. As we head into this next month, Connor and I are so excited to share with you some of our honestly best episodes yet. And we're so grateful for all of the support you showed us throughout this month of November, where we celebrated our three-year anniversary, the Casey Garvin episode, to Krista Rodriguez, to our most recent Twin Talk. And now we're bringing you Patty Murin. If you love the podcast so far, and you want to get more of that Twin Talk that we were you know, delivering last week, you can absolutely do so by subscribing to our Patreon. It's only $5 a month. And you get two extra bonus episodes, you get to be on our close friends, and you learn about, you know, all the upcoming things before they actually happen on the podcast. So, well, there's a few things Connor and I like to keep secret. I also want to share that we have a TikTok now where we're sharing clips from some of our conversations. You can see Connor and I chatting. Please give us a follow over there. We're at The Drama Pod. And I encourage you to follow us on our regular social medias, The Drama Podcast. You're going to have a blast listening to this episode. We wish we could have talked to Patty forever, but she is a very, very busy woman, and we can't wait to have her again down the line. You will see why after listening. All right, let's get on with the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option now. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama with Connor and Dylan McDowell. I'm Connor. And I am Dylan, and this is a podcast about theater, pop culture, love, and life. Dylan, what is up? Happy November. We're on the eve of, you know, being able to potentially purchase Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert tickets, and our guest today did get verified code yes which is drama at the top because we didn't but some of our girls did so i think we're gonna be okay yes we I have enough so. pe- and our dad we got him registered we got my boyfriend <laughs> Wait, I, registered. Need to, I need to see if our father got <laughs> an email i need to text him can you remind me <laughs> i will i will he called in so the troops hopefully, hopefully that works out but otherwise you know it's been a really exciting last couple of weeks but connor i know you wanted to talk to me about the white lotus for just a second yes i am absolutely obsessed my life exists you know on sunday nights in 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 the between weeks i'm but a wispy ghost sort of like wandering around i'm like a war bride <laughs> waiting at the edge of a cliffside waiting for her soldier to come home truly from sunday to sunday because and it- the soldier is theo james and the White Lotus. <laughs> yes, but all the mm-hmm. men are kind of fine as hell on this season. Always. It's HBO. I know. Aubrey Plaza's man is so cute. Ethan and, okay, Christopher from The Sopranos, his son. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I, I don't know their names, which is kind of weird because I'm obsessed, but I know them by, like, sort of vague distinctions. You know, Christopher from The Sopranos' his son, Theo James, and then Aubrey Plaza's husband. So those mm-hmm. are the three the three categories of men on this show. But this season is great. It's so different from season one in its... Yeah the themes it's exploring but i think aubrey plaza is giving the performance of her career come on yeah, she's great it's perfect. Right? 
she's just so natural and like the faces she makes the things that she says it all feels so tailored to her in a way but maybe she just makes it her own i don't know she's she's remarkable she's and i know that a lot of people are like oh should jennifer coolidge be back but i think that she delivers the necessary comedic relief throughout Agreed. You know, it's almost like, did we need to have Big Little Lies season two? I sort of feel that way about Coolidge on season two of White Lotus because season one was pitch perfect. But I, I guess I'll never so complain saying, about you're having saying more. One day, one day we'll just forget that she was on season two in the same way we forgot about <laughs> Big Little Lies season two. Okay. Except for Meryl screaming in season yes. two. I don't know if yes, anything else really happened that's worth noting. But mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I, Me too. What I love about it too is that it like from the top there's a dead body but we don't it does it doesn't really play into the show like who's gonna die you know what i mean it's kind of wild boulevard oh my gosh it is wait are you are you a fan of sunset boulevard even though we today yeah randomly random yeah yeah i know it's kind of good (laughs) there's three good songs i think yeah three yeah i would say three listen we need to get on with our guests because <laughs> who's and she's shrouded in sunlight and in gorgeous and you know the sun is sort of setting at three fifteen p.m. and that's why <laughs> we're not able to see her. <laughs> but y'all, she's glowing always, and so it's almost fitting. I mean, I'm gonna bring her in, and I've got to. Can just I just say, say, Connor? I think this is gonna be our most dramatic episode ever. Oh, <laughs> and if you know, you know. I-Y-K-Y-K, as the kids say online. Mm-hmm. Okay, but our guest today is an extraordinary actress, singer, advocate, and writer, best known for originating the role of Princess Anna in Frozen on Broadway. She received nominations for Distinguished Performance by the Drama League and Outstanding Actress in a Musical by the Outer Critics Circle. She made her Broadway debut in Xanadu, followed up by starring in the titular role in Lysistrata Jones. Audiences across the nation will know our guest for playing Glinda and Wicked on tour, as well as Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Off-Broadway, you may have seen her in Love's Labor's Lost, Fly by Night, Lady Be Good, and the out-of-town productions of Princesses and Holiday Inn. She played pathologist Nina Shore on the NBC medical drama television series Chicago Med, appeared on Royal Pains, and is starred in many a Hallmark film, including Holiday for Heroes, Love on Iceland, To Catch a Spy, and the newly released In Merry Measure, which I think takes place in Ohio, which we'll kind of get into as Ohio boys. Okay, so she's soon to be a mother twice over, and with her hunky husband, Colin Donnell, at the time of this release, they will also have released their duo album entitled Something Stupid with Broadway Records. We've dreamed of this moment and are so thrilled to have this queen on today. Please welcome to drama, Patty Patty Murin. Murin. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Patty. Hi, I love drama. Yes. <laughs> oh, when it's not when it's not mine. No, right? yeah, that's, drama, that's no. why but you know. I love love when it's other people's drama. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> now I need to know because you're probably famously the Broadway community's biggest Bachelor fan. Oh yeah, definitely. Are, are you still in Bachelor Nation? I am. You know what's so funny is that with this whole Twitter thing going down, I was like, oh gosh, like that. That's sort of where Bachelor Nation. assembled you know what I mean that's like and so it's very strange because it's kind of like what formed Bachelor Nation and honestly I think a lot of what keeps the Bachelor and Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise alive after all this time and I really hope that it survives this thing that's happening I mean obviously by the time this airs it will have changed 600 times since it changes every day (laughs) Mm -hmm. what Uh Twitter's doing but yeah I mean I still am I, I, I do think this season of Bachelor in Paradise has gone on for 
way too long. That would still air. There's right like, <laughs> there's two more weeks. Like okay. There's four more episodes. Okay. Yeah. And so Quick I'm break. like, okay. Wow. Yeah. Now I, yeah. I was a huge bachelor person from Ali mm-hmm. Fedotowski. Oh my God. Through, I, I, she was my fave and it finished. I stopped with Michelle last December. I okay. felt like it was time for me to go off into the sunset. I sort of like had to, you know, walk, walk away respectfully. I just kind of felt like I was tired of it, which is a strange critique to have with culture, especially something I've, I was a part of for over 10 years, but I don't know. I kind of was just like, maybe I'll watch something else. The episodes are famously long. <laughs> They are famously long. They're very long. Um, and it also, I, I did that with Grey's Anatomy actually in season eight. And now they're on what, like season 20,000? Something like that. Um, uh-huh. but I was like, you know what? I was like, I think I'm okay. Be- this being my end. What you were saying about Big Little Lies season two, I actually made the decision when they said that they were doing a season two. I was like, you know what? My version of Big Little Lies ended here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to forget. And I found that it's a very lovely way to sort of view television, whether it's something you've been watching for a while or something that you watch one season of and you're like, I don't feel I'm satisfied. Huh. I don't yeah. feel the need for more. And so with the bat, it's just, I, you know, I have friends in batch, like back, like the, on the shows and stuff now. Mm-hmm. And I just still, I don't know. I just find delight in it, but yes, it, it has, it's interesting to see how it's kind of morphed over the years mm-hmm. and the good decisions they made and the bad decisions they made. And, but the, it's like every, at the beginning of every season, you're like, this one is, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. And you know, it turns out how it turns out. Yes. At yeah. the beginning of each no, season, totally. I always think these are the hottest men I've ever seen in my entire life. And then by the end, like for Bachelorette, <laughs> and by the end, I'm like, oh, just, I don't really necessarily think they're all like shockingly hot anymore. It's... <laughs> and then they show their personalities. Yes. That's basically what happens yeah. every, every time, every I, time. Yeah. I loved when you yep. would go on Michelle Collins's podcast to talk about bachelor. Like to me, the two of you talking about bachelor nation was everything. And I think yeah. she sort of has stepped away from yes. bachelor nation yes. herself, but her yep. tweets always killed me as yours do. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a fun thing to gather around. And I, I do think Twitter is necessary for, community especially you know when we were all isolated for a while but yes. who knows i don't think it's going to be over i think that it'll come back once once elon walks yeah. away it's i i hope so i i it's it's a nightmare isn't it, it? it's is. like a really it's like a weirdly it's dramatic that is drama like mm-hmm. that's drama mm-hmm. <laughs> that is drama. Like, what am i gonna find when i click on this weird website? I, <laughs> I haven't left i haven't i have a lot of friends who left a lot of friends who gave up their verified status but like you know, I, when my Hallmark movie came on on Friday, I live tweeted and I had such a great time doing it along with the people that were on. And so yeah. I was like, this is to me is sort of what it, what it is and what it has been. And, you know, I'm just, I'm holding off on making any grand decisions. I respect that. Yes. Wait, I remember when you were in Frozen and Colton and Jason came and saw the show. Do you still keep in touch with those guys? Yes. Yeah, with Colton especially. Yeah. We're really? still good friends. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we're, Colin and I were just talking about it yesterday because we went to Bond 45 before we saw a show. And I was like, oh, he was like, I don't know when the last time I was here. And I was like, I know the last time you were here. It was when Colton and Jason came to see Frozen in August of 2018. <laughs> And we said it, and it was so true. We just, you know, sort of reminisced about it. But yeah, that was, that was such a good, like, I feel like such a good golden era of, mm-hmm. of like, you know, the people on the show and stuff. And so, yes. um, yeah, but Colton also, again, of course he's, you know, been through everything since it's, it's ended for him. And, but that's sort of one of the things that 
honestly, that was because of Twitter, like yeah. that we met. And so it's because of, of Twitter, you know, we met and we are actual real life friends now having nothing to do with The Bachelor. Yeah. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's so cool. Oh my God. Colton is so hot. Like even to this day, I'm like, he's one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, he still is actually really hot, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. grow up and grow into his own on TV too, which is really cool. Yeah. Sometimes they go, the Bachelor folks kind of go away afterwards, but him, Rachel, hey, Lindsay, yes. there's a few that have really stuck around. Mm-hmm. Ashley, mm-hmm. I, Ben. Oh my God, I'm listening. I'm naming all these names. I'm being Wells. Caitlin, yeah, okay, Wells, my yep. married from. to Sarah Highland. Caitlin, yes, Caitlin is amazing. Caitlin is hilarious. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's one of my faves from over the last couple of years. Her. Yeah. Okay, wait. Okay, enough about Bachelor stuff, Patty. We also want to talk to you about how you're doing. I mean, <laughs> I feel like this is a very exciting time in your life. You have so much going on. You've got movies. You've got you've got children. You've got um, a new album. How do we find you today? Are you well? I am well. You know, it's so funny because this month is like sort of a big month of the Hallmark movie came out, our album is coming out, Colin's TV show that he stars in for Peacock is coming out on the 30th. But it's a lot of work that we've already done, like in the past, and now it's all coming back at the same time. So we're sort of like finally getting to talk about it and like having people see it. And so, so that's exciting. Including it's just the baby. Different. You're like, we did the work already. <laughs> we did that work. Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously. She's just, yeah, she's, she's, she's growing. I'm starting to feel her little, <laughs> little tiny like twinges. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh yeah, she's, she's in there. Wait, I think you're our first ever pregnant guest. Uh, well, that we knew of. <laughs> that we knew of. Yeah. That we knew of. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's funny. Like the second one really is funny because you already have one at home and you're like, okay. <laughs> like when the, with the, when you're pregnant with the first one, you don't have kids. So you can be like, okay, I'm going to like relax today and I'm going to go get my like prenatal massage and I'm just going to like prep for like when life changes. And now it's just like, like, I forget I'm pregnant half the time because Cecily, you know, she's yeah. a fully, she's a fully foreign little human. And she's also a toddler right now. And she's okay. reaching peak toddlerhood, which is fascinating. Cecily <laughs> was born in 2020? 2020 yeah july of 2020 okay so she's like a true pandemic baby yeah so you were pregnant during frozen with her yeah i was um i left frozen uh when i was about 18 weeks pregnant so literally right about like how pregnant i am right now i did frozen up until that point yeah which again with the first one you're just like okay if it was the second one i would have been like "Mm, bye yeah (laughs) see ya (laughs) that's so funny oh and cecily that's such a pretty name Thank you. Thank you. We love it. I'm sure you have some ideas cooking for for your next one. (sighs) Trying. I'm just glad it's another girl because boy names are really hard. (laughs) Like, because you can basically take any boy name, put it on a girl, and it's cute. Yeah. Connor, Dylan, adorable. Yes. But you can't can't really do that with boys Mm -hmm. yet. You know, maybe someday, but you can't be like, your name's Jackie. <laughs> Your yeah, name is that's so- <laughs> Tina. I also love how I picked Jackie and Tina. Like, <laughs> like 80s babies names. But like, you can't be like, this is Allison. Mm-hmm. It's it just, it, for, it just doesn't. Girls are, I don't know, for some reason you can name them like, you know, I don't know, Leaf. And you're like, oh, that's so cute. It's just hard. It's harder. I think it's harder with boys. Um, Agree. So we do have a couple of ideas, but nothing that Cecily, we knew her name was going to be that for my, our entire, the whole time I was pregnant. So this one's a little more like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll eventually have to pick one. Right. And then say it forever. That's the weirdest part when you have this teeny little thing and you're like, I'm naming you. Like, it feels so important. Yeah. You know, 
but then you sort of realize that, you know, as Cecily grew up, it was like, oh yeah, she's totally a Cecily. Uh -huh. And I don't think it's because we happened to choose the correct name. Mm -hmm. I think you just grow into your name. For sure. You know? For sure. Now, yeah. does Cecily understand what's going on with you? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when I ask her where her baby sister is, she points to her own stomach. Okay. <laughs> so that's, we're going to work on it. Yeah. But I, th I have a feeling that as I get, as I get larger and it's more, you know, and when, especially when you can really sort of start to feel the baby, I think she'll, she'll probably be freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, we're also trying to like, be like, okay, she goes to, she goes to school, you know, daycare and stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's like a whole room that is the baby room. So she sees babies, you know, like she, so I, I think she probably has a, a better handle on it than I even realize. I hope yeah. it's just, it, it's, it'll just be interesting to see, you know, what her reaction is when we bring her sister home. That's so cute. That's so exciting. I know. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah. That's so fun. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. So tell us about this album. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So this album, um, Robbie Rosell of Broadway Records approached us in uh, November of 2020 and was like, do you guys want to do an album for us? And we were like, yeah, because, you know, it was things were uh, while the world was sort of, you know, trying to function in a way, theater was not was still almost a year away from still coming yeah. back. And and so and we actually had already purchased a sound booth for our home because I was doing more audiobooks and he was, he had recorded an album with his friend, Brian Yusufer. And so we had invested in a sound booth and we were like, well, it's here. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it, it would be very convenient. And we were just, we were really excited. And so we started kind of throwing ideas around with Robbie and I had a couple songs that I was like, I'd really like to sing this for a lot of, a lot of my solo stuff. I sort of picked, I, picked actually I think all of them Robbie was amazing when it came to the duets because we we only had a one or two ideas for duets he came up with like the, a lot of the standards were his idea you know and so it was a really collaborative thing with the two of us and with Robbie and and Yaz who was also one of the producers on it and then they just sort of started coming up with arrangement ideas and Luke Williams he did all the arrangements and he was uh, amazing like amazing he's brilliant at doing the arrangements for us to record to but then after we were done recording and then they went and recorded all the musicians and you could hear the full scope of what he did it's just it's phenomenal it's like he, he really connected each song to each other in ways that we didn't even kind of realize because it's very eclectic it's very eclectic it's musical theater there's rock there's a little bit of country you know, there are some pop Colin, you know, Colin is mostly the, the rock. Okay. I'm mostly the musical theater. Shocking. I know. Um, <laughs> but I, but in that way, it's also very us. Mm -hmm. It's very our musical sort of strengths, but also our preferences or like what we feel like we, we know best. Um, and so, yeah, so we're, we're really excited. It's 12 songs. It's four solos each and then four duets. Perfect. And it's called something stupid because that's, <laughs> of one of those songs on it. Okay, I was wondering but, about that. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of the so one of the songs is Something Stupid, which is a famous song that Frank and Nancy Sinatra sang. You would never know I, I didn't know it by its title, but then as soon as we heard it, we were like, oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And then when we were we were thinking about titles and Robbie was like, okay, well, you of course first go you trend towards like song titles or lyrics right. or something that you can kind of pull out. And then he was joking and he's like, I mean, we could call it something stupid. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it's, 
it's just so like appropriate for us and our humor and and you know we we it's just like that weird sort of quirk like there's very little that we take entirely 100% seriously and that just sort of i feel like represents just our general outlook on life is like, of course we would do an album and call it something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Robbie is a dear friend of ours, does the <laughs> art for drama and things like that. We have with the time of this being out, well, we have a new logo and stuff that he's designed and he's so collaborative. It's really Aww. amazing. And I can see how he would be an integral part of creating an album, especially with you guys who do have such, I mean, yeah, Colin is more rock vibes and didn't he do almost famous out of town? He yeah. did, yes. So like that kind of vibe. And yep. and I know you're a theater girl at heart. So I love that. Isn't there oh, a, totally. a Frozen song on there uh, from Frozen 2? Right? Yeah, from Frozen 2. Yeah, The Next Right Thing, which is, um, we released that actually Ooh. as a single mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year because the album plans kind of got put a little bit on hold because we had to go to Australia. So Colin yes. could shoot this TV show that is coming out at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, and so we decided to record that one first and release it as a single. And because of that, then I I sang it at Carnegie Hall with the New York Pops on the night when they honored Bobby and Kristen Lopez. And so, mm. yeah, and and it's just, it's become one of my absolute favorite songs. It's in all my concerts now and stuff. And even though it's so funny, because I think about Disney and I'm like, because we also sing I See the Light from Tangled. Ooh the duet oh, I love that song. yeah and it's like a yeah. really fun like sort of folky version of it but it's funny that i don't even think about that frozen song as being like part of the disney canon because to me it's mm. like it's just such a standalone that i don't know i so i think of it as mine now <laughs> right <laughs> well i'm so excited about the album it's going to be amazing and everyone should buy them some as we call them stocking stuffers you know why yes not? Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> so, cause like we have the CDs, you know, and people still love yes. CDs. Like they love CDs and stuff. It's just, it's so funny. Cause we're like, I don't even think we have a CD player. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like my parents were wanted to make sure like it's on. Cause that's how, that's how they, they like to have the option to listen to it. And so of course I live get in Ohio, anyway. so I drive. So yeah. I have my car, you know, Yep. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what I prefer to do. Cause then my phone yeah. battery isn't draining. So totally makes sense. So smart. We mentioned that you're a Broadway baby and that you have some show tunes on the album. Connor and I like to kind of track your journey of where um, maybe that love first began and where you got bit by the bug. We've co-opted a term from Fun Home called the Ring of Keys moment. Ah! Did you say Fun Home? Do you oh, know yes. That, that moment oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like you've had that moment, but in regards to wanting to be a performer or a singer or wherever your passions lie? Yeah. You know, I think it was when I... My first show I did was, I was in sixth grade. It was a production of Cinderella that we did with a bazillion sixth graders. I was a mouse. Um, Yeah. It was my first time, like really, you know, other than dance recitals, like being on stage, rehearsing for a show. And, and I had grown up going to see theater and and I grew up close to New York city and my parents love theater. And so they had taken me. But then after I did Cinderella, I think a year or so after that was when I went to see The Secret Garden on Broadway for the first time. And it was the first time I had seen someone my own age, Daisy Egan on stage doing, and I was like, oh my God, I could totally do this. And I honestly don't really remember ever wanting to do anything else or thinking that there was something else I could do. I just, I mean, I went to high school did all the shows. And I think because people ahead of me were graduating and going to school for musical theater, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that. And so I like to think of that sort of as when I saw The Secret Garden and was like, oh God, that's that's it. Which is also like, 
a really great thing because the secret garden was in the St. James theater and that's where frozen was. And so when I was on, you know, the first time when we were on stage at the St. James, I was like, I could look and be like, I was sitting in that, you know, balcony section or that mezzanine section when yeah. I was like, I want to do this when I grow up. And then you're like, what the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and other little girls were seeing young Anna and Elsa probably having the same yeah. experience you had. Yeah. That's so cool. Isn't that wild? That's it's a, wild. That's special. That's yeah. really, really cool. That's like, yeah. uh, like universe stuff that I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Don't get too close or you never know what's going to happen. But I know. you know, with, um, when you were in high school, were you sort of known as the theater girl? Like, did everybody know you'd be, you know, when you're guessing the show for next year and everyone be like, Oh, well, Patty's going to play. You know, Holly, no. crazy for you or because we had a, such a great like drama club our theater club was so talented that no it wasn't like you came in you were like oh she's you know it wasn't like oh we have this guy and this girl who always could lead it, it was all over the place because we had people who were so good a yeah. lot of people went to school for theater and you know not a lot of them continued to truly pursue it but we had so many people who were talented enough that they they absolutely could have had they chosen to, you know, had they decided yeah. that that was their path in life, that they they would have been successful as well. Also, I graduated with uh, someone named Shelly Thomas, who is also in the theater community and a TV community. And we we went to high school together. We went to Syracuse for musical theater together. And so she's like my like contemporary, you know what I mean? So um, yeah. so anytime she's doing a show or she she's like always popping up on television shows and stuff, it's, and we're, we're still, you know, just great, great friends. And so, so that's kind of, that's kind of exciting, but like. Something in the water know, in that town. I guess so. I guess. Where, where are you from? Oh, Hopewell Junction, New York. Okay. I don't know Junction, her. It literally but... sounds like a Hallmark town. <laughs> I, it's it's kind of funny because as you grow up, you know, you don't realize until you tell someone like a college is like, who, what's the name of your town? You're like, oh, yeah, Junction. It's a, it's a lovely, it's truly a lovely place. Just, it's like Dutchess County. It's just a little bit north of Westchester, but it's oh, cool. very wholesome, very calm. You know, kids would say it's boring, but then as you grow up and move away, you're like, oh, that's how you should kind of, you know, especially before the internet, you know, cause I grew up before the internet. Right. <laughs> and so it was, <laughs> there was very little trouble to get into. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think you'd ever want to move back there? Do you live in the city now? Funny enough, I accidentally moved back. Um, so oh, we, <laughs> we still have our apartment in New York city that we rent, but we had bought a lake house in 2018, early 2018. And it's like on a lake, there's a lot of other theater people that live up here. We got the listing because, you know, one of our friends sent it to us and it's 20 minutes away from my parents. And then, but it's great because it's this lovely lake community. You know, it's our friends from New York city from like our world down there, but it's very close to my family. And then of course in 2020, when everything shut down, we were like, okay, well, we'll just go up to the lake house. And then we just like never you know, never went back because you don't have a baby and then move back to your one bedroom apartment. And, right. <laughs> and, and so, so cool. that's, yeah, so that's where, that's where we are now. And that's where we live. And it's just an hour drive, you know, to New York. It's very, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's really quite lovely, but yeah, I did basically, I say I accidentally moved home because I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> that lake life, you know, it's a different style of living. My boyfriend's mm-hmm. family has a lake house and, and it's the community there is really cool and yeah. fun and everyone's got their little boats and yeah, especially <laughs> in the around. summer, you know, like when everyone's mm-hmm. up for the weekend or up for longer. Cause when we first moved, when we first like truly came up here in 2020, this that's where everybody came, you know, that's where everybody came here. And so it was like sort of like an instant, you know, 
bonding. There were people around all the time for probably nine to 12 months. And so, so now it's like, we're the ones that live here full time and our friends come up on the weekends, you know, and to go to their yeah. houses because they're actually back to work in, in New York. But um, it really is. It's like people come up here to just chill out, to just like relax. And so it's just, it's, it's really lovely. It's like one of those places that as you drive in like the big like road that leads back to the community, it's like in the, in the winter when there's like snow on the trees, you're like, what the mm -hmm. heck? Like it's, it is, it's very hallmark. <laughs> I love that. That's so okay. cool. Now, Patty, we have to talk about Frozen, which <laughs> I'm sure everyone wants to talk to you about it. It's, it was an iconic performance. You are so amazing as Princess Anna. I think we saw it twice. Yeah. And I, I'm not just saying this. I absolutely mean it. You were 100% snubbed for a Tony Award nomination that season. Patty, what was going on? You know, you were know. unbelievable. What the hell? Thank you. It's it's truly, and like, it's one of those things that I'm like, oh, I'll say, yeah, totally. Yeah, it, the whole show yes. as a, in its entirety was incredibly passed over. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it just direction, choreography, Casey, just, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I just, but yeah, it was, uh, it sort of like changed a little bit of, oh no, it very much changed of how I, how I look at awards and everything in a good way, I think, because I was like, oh, okay, well, if I can literally do one of the best things I've ever done and known this is the best thing that I've ever done. And mm -hmm. that the, I look at this work that other people have done and it, it just doesn't get acknowledged. I'm like, oh, then it, it must not really mean much because yeah. that's you know what I mean like it didn't if anything it strengthened my belief in how how great the show was and how you know how much I poured of myself into it and so it's like all right well that's that so I, I just really hope that if the day comes that I ever am nominated for a Tony Award I still keep that attitude you know and don't just yes. throw it all away and I'm like I love it <laughs> <laughs> well it does have to be pretty win. political but you know you know yeah. when there's so many amazing shows out I think that that's when it tends to get a little bit more like or if they want to make a statement which I feel like they were trying to do that year the voters with you know even though everything was an adaptation they gave it to like the indie version of because it was Mean Girls and Spongebob and Frozen and Oh, it's such a great season. And oh, yeah, that's right. Well, and the fact wow. that even the fact that Mean Girls got nominated for thir 12 or 13 Tonys and didn't win a single one, I also thought mm -hmm. that was very strange. So It was totally. weird. It was really weird. <laughs> I know. You just sort of like, and yeah. <laughs> I love that you still, you got to perform that night on the Tonys because you were yeah. absolutely amazing. I feel like we kicked, kicked some ass that night, actually. We were just like, hey, here we are. That's uh -huh. it. See you later. We're going to our party now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, you really took... A, a very memorable character in the movie. And I truly felt like it became your show. Not to say that it was like you overshadowed Casey or anything like that, but the way that Anna was fleshed out, it really felt like a dual lead performance. And I thought that was really special. And I mean, you were so funny in that show, but also so heartfelt. It was just Thank a brilliant you. performance. Thank you. It is funny when you watch the frozen movie, which I didn't do. I saw it obviously before I got the role and everything, but I didn't watch it until after I was gone you just, you sort of realize it's it's actually structured differently in the movie that Let It Go happens like 25 minutes into the movie and then Elsa leaves for like 35 minutes. Yeah, yeah what's she doing? Where What's she doing out there? Building more ice and stuff, I yeah. guess. I don't know, yeah. Make, making more dresses. But yeah. like they, they <laughs> I loved what they did with our show because they, they made, you know, they made sure that it wasn't like, oh, let's just disappear Elsa for a while. Right. They really structured it nicely so that it kind of did go back and forth. It's just that, 
the thing is, is that all of the action sequences that that was that was Anna, you know, that mm-hmm. was it was her that had she I got to go and have the adventure, you know what I mean? Like travel the journey. Yeah. So it was like, I always say the hardest part of that show was just starting because I, I didn't get a break at all until, you know, when she was, when Casey was saying, let it go and then into intermission, but I had to change first. I had to change wigs. You know, I had to like, there's just, if there's never like a sit down break, like it wasn't something where I could be like, Oh, I'm going to read three pages of my book now. Yeah. It was, it was just a lot of like, by the, by my last costume change, at the end of act two, I think I had nine people on it between makeup, wigs, wardrobe, props. It, it was, it was like kind of epic. I used wow. to call them my on, my entourage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love that. Well, I also want to say out of, out of Frozen came your beautiful advocacy work for anxiety and the way that you publicly were able to say, Hey, princesses get anxiety too. I think that it, as someone myself, I mean, I know that we can say, oh, everyone has it, but it's like, it was really a a great equalizing moment, I think, for a lot of us that you were being, I don't want to say outspoken, but like that you were speaking for us. Isn't that funny that like outspoken is the correct word yet it sounds so negative because I I go to use it all the time and I'm like... (laughs) Hey, that sounds terrible, but, (laughs) but, but that's what it is. I, yes, I, I am very like outspoken and like, you know, public with, and I didn't even know I, I had had a panic attack and I had to call out of a show and it was one of the first times I had to call out. So it was very, it was just, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. My standby Aisha was incredible. So that wasn't, that wasn't any of the problem or any of my, I just, you know, you just don't like, you don't like to do it. And because it was about something that was a panic attack, you know? And so I just, I don't, I just posted on Instagram and I didn't, I didn't expect the response that I got, but I'm so glad that I got it because you're right. It literally gave me, I was like, oh, this is my platform. This is Mm. it. Like, it was also good for me because then you hear back the stories from people and you're like, oh my God, I'm not alone either. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, it's always felt like being a part of a community as opposed to like, you know. I don't know, being the head of something. It's like, oh, these are my people. It's like gathering people together to all like communicate with each other. And and then when the pandemic hit two years later, it was like mm-hmm. people who were who thought they'd never deal with, with anything like that. You know, it, it finally, I felt like that was my time to be like a helper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I had dealt with it for so long that people who had not, like who were really starting to experience the anxiety and sort of just those horrible feelings. I felt like I was finally in a position to be like, okay, like this is what I do. This is what, mm. you know. Well, thank you. Oh gosh. I mean, it's, it's like, like, it's my pleasure. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I hope one day we don't ever have to talk about any of it because it doesn't exist. But if anything, right. it's just brought to light the fact that it exists so much more than we think. And I think it's really on a journey to being truly normalized, like mm-hmm. m- with the generations that are coming up, you know, and that that's just something I'm incredibly grateful for. And something that I hope for my, it, it's changed how I raise my daughter, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of feelings and knowing your feelings and recognizing things and letting her feel her big feelings and get it out. Like, it's it's that and like and raising a girl it's 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 just interesting the things that we do now you know when when i'm like i say can i have a hug and she says no i'm like okay that's okay whereas like you know when we were kids it was like kiss your grandma and you're like okay Uh now it's like i'm just like if she doesn't you know someone's like give me a hug and she says no i'm like 
that's okay. That's, that's, it's yeah. like putting it in their brain at, at the toddler age that like, no is an okay answer, you know? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, toddlers like to say no a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Gosh, I know. I'm thinking to myself how hard it is for me to say no as a grown adult, you yeah. know? Yeah. As I say no again in a different way. I but know. anyway, yeah. I think our listeners would kill us if we did not ask you about Lysistrata Jones. Yes. <laughs> this, this little cult fave. What was that experience like for you? Oh, gosh. It's like, it's that was one of the, the most incredible, like, sort of journeys good and bad you know what I mean like the good and then the heartbreak involved because I was I was heartbroken when that closed heartbroken like mm-hmm. I couldn't even think about it for like six months or else I would cry like because the thing is is that when you when you finally get to Broadway when you have a show go to Broadway and you've been working on it for years and it closes immediately like that's kind of it there's no next step mm-hmm. you can't be like okay well now we're gonna that's kind of the death of it. And it always comes faster than you think it will. And so, you know, we had like seven weeks, um, maybe 12 total or something like that. Or no, it was like, it was seven or eight weeks total, including previews. And it was like, it was really hard, but it was, it was also something I'm still so proud of. And I made some Mm -hmm. of like the best friends, you know, that I have now from that show. And, and now my daughter likes to listen to the music. Of it. Well, thank goodness we got that cast album. I know. Like I play her change the world and give it up. And, and like, it's just, it's, I was actually just cleaning out my basement with my husband and we, I came across all the boxes, Lissa Strata Jones stuff and Xanity stuff. And there's oh. so much Lissa Strata Jones, like, like, like t-shirts and things like that. And it just brings you right back to just like, you know, it, it was a, it was a journey and it was amazing. It was my first time like really truly starring in something on Broadway that was mine. And, you know, it's like, it was a dream. It was a short dream, but it was a great Mm -hmm. one. (laughs) And that song, where am I now is truly unreal. And you holding that note. And I just disappeared into the sun. Just, yeah, you did. That's like, because now I'm like every so I would sing it like once a year for a while. And now I'm like, I think I might be done with that one because it's so, it's so hard. It is so hard. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe it's good that I didn't run for any longer because I don't know how much longer my voice would have held up. <laughs> but you yeah. know, yeah, it's 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 something that I'm really glad is is uh, preserved, and I can listen to that, and be like, oh, yes, I, that was me. I did that. Yeah. Well, thank you for all your contributions <laughs> to the musical theater canon. Oh, I goodness, I'm dreamcasting you. you forever and so many more ah, things that will be something with you and Colin. I know. Um, before too, we yeah. wrap up really quickly, we do end on a dose of drama. Just <gasps> something that maybe you've been consuming something going on something you want to get off your chest um while you think about it connor is there a dose of drama you want to share with us today Ooh, there is a dose of drama okay i have a few i have a few today but i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna narrow it down to one one. for years and years and years christine baranski has been giving (laughs) us amazing an amazing performance as diane lockhart in the good wife and then the good fight which was on cbs all access then paramount plus (laughs) and i have to say (laughs) She is incredible. Christine is incredible. And The Good Fight just wrapped up its final season. And, I mean, I think she was nominated for an Emmy for almost every single season of The Good Wife. She is phenomenal. I'm sad that her fabulous, you know, run as Diane has ended. But I think we need Baranski on Broadway. It's time to bring her back. I don't know what the uh, the piece is. I mean, her and Audra together were pretty magical, in the good fight so is she and audra wanted to do something i mean 
She, Audra, and Meryl did do Ladies Who Lunch oh, yes. at that. Remember at the start of COVID, that fabulous performance? Oh, yeah. But I guess my dose of drama is just we need Christine Baranski on Broadway in a drama. So I'm hearing I'm her... hearing a comedy. I'm hearing whispers <gasps> of a comedy. Re- Ooh. There's, there's, she does have a great laugh. Not to talk about Twitter again, but there's Twitter rumors <gasps> of a MAME revival with Christine. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's... That's a, a soul mm-hmm. bomb. That's yeah. amazing. We'll see. Wow, we'll see. wow. Oh my God. Dylan, do you have a dose of drama? Mine is I'm wearing my Nina West um, Hairspray t shirt. She came to town in Hairspray over the weekend. And I got to see her, a dear friend of the pod. We love Nina. And she was incredible in creating Edna Turnblad as her own. It wasn't a Harvey Firestein. It wasn't a John Travolta or a Divine. It was Nina. Well, actually, I would say it wasn't Nina West as Edna, it was Andrew. As Edna. Ooh, it was really amazing. In, so. in, great distinction. Mm-hmm. Okay, love. Yes, and if you get the chance to see the Hairspray tour, that show is still perfect all these years later. I mean, it's the same exact production that was on Broadway forever, and I'm okay with that, because that choreography is unmatched. Oh, I love Nina West so much. So much. Oh, Talk yeah, about a legend. Oh, my gosh. Oh, really? Oh, good. I'm so glad here. <laughs> Patty, do you, yes. do you have a dose of drama today? I do. We talked about it a little bit before, but we didn't talk about it while we were recording. But um, tonight is, as we're recording this, is the eve of Taylor Swift tickets going on sale. And Mm -hmm. I got a verified email (laughs) that I've been verified (laughs) and chosen. And you guys, I feel like I won the lottery and prom queen and a puppy all at the same time, Um, (laughs) which is crazy because literally there's no tickets yet. Like this is just... It's just why I feel like this is all so dramatic because now every yeah. it's like the Hunger Games at your laptop. And mm-hmm. I remember this from the Lover tour because this is what they did for yep. Lover. And I was in wine country on the day that the tickets actually went on sale. And I literally was like on my phone. I was like, mm, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I'll taste the white. Uh-huh, great. Yeah. Okay. Can I just <laughs> can I try the Vermentino? Great. That would be great. Can I? Okay. And and I, I, I got tickets for Lover. And then we all know what happened. You know, the pandemic, mm-hmm. no Lover tour. I... I don't think you understand my calendar says in true dramatic fashion, Taylor tickets. And yes. and for anything that was scheduled this month, I was like any day, but the 15th, I was like, I can't on the 15th <laughs> because I don't, you don't know how long it's going to take. Like I'm, I am, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to charge all my devices. Like this is, this is dramatic. This feels dramatic. It feels like high school somehow yeah. all over again. <laughs> Right, I know. Well, everyone wants to be. <laughs> well, we're fighting with teen girls, Patty. We are. We're fighting with the teen know, Swifties know, to get know. these tickets. I know. Us, so may the odds be, as you as you said, Hunger Games. Is Colin a, a Taylor fan? Does he love her? He loves her music. Like he loves. Like he truly is a fan of her music. He loves of the course. National, who she writes and produces a lot of her stuff with. And so that's his like real, you know, like the stuff that came out over the pandemic and whatnot. And some of the three AM tracks. Um, yes, midnights. yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's where that's where we sort of differ a little bit in, on midnights because I tend to okay. like the the front of album ones better, and he tends to like the back of the three AM tracks okay. better because Fun. of that. So, so yes, he'll be he will he will reap the benefits of my very hard work and concentration because if I even <laughs> I thought about going without him, he'd be like, what? And so, but I I have I have nieces that are almost seventeen and fifteen, and so this is like this is my chance to really like pull one out for them, you know? Yeah, the like, cool to really like her. And also when she's in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium, it'll be approximately four weeks after I give birth. So I'm going to be so ready to like dance and like cry. <laughs> yeah. 
mom's night out. Here we go. It'll be emotional after she goes through all her eras. So that's going to be amazing. I know. So I'm, so this is, this, I'm like sweating drama right now. Like, I know. Just... I'm, I'm sweating because I'm jealous, but I'm happy for you, Patty. I, I feel am, like, I, I feel am. like you guys will be fine. I feel Thank like you. you'll, you'll end up, you know. Thank yeah. you. With your It'll blessing, okay. you are a chosen one. Yeah. So thank you. Patty, you are a delight. You're truly one of the kindest people we've ever met or had on the podcast. So thank you for doing this. I hope that everybody buys your new album and supports all of your future endeavors. And you're just Patty Mirren on Twitter for as long as Twitter lasts. And you're and I am, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You guys are you're so fun. This was like, this just flew by. My goodness. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. It was a blast. People should, of course, be following us if they're not already. We're at the Drama Podcast. Connor's at Connor McDowell. I'm at Dylan McDowell. Literally, she's, she pulls out her phone. I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, guys, you should right. be following. You weren't kidding about the charged devices. My phone is like, <laughs> totally, I know. Yeah. Look at you. You're hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for everything, Patty and Connor. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.